Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Light the Fizzite. I'm your one of your hosts, David, and my other host, what's your name, other host? I'm Heidi, you guys. Heidi Swap. Happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. We had a week off. Well, I yeah, I mean, Heidi never has a week off. She's always working too much. <laughs> That's true. I, I I I don't work enough. We have opposite ends of the spectrum, but <laughs> whatever. I, I did have uh, some time to go home, take care of a funeral, which turned out to be really good. So I'm definitely uh, feeling feeling good. Just just doing a little bit of a vulnerability hangover. That's all. Yeah. Well, that's so, to be expected, right? We know that. Oh yeah, for sure. You, you you know a little bit about those vulnerability hangovers. Yeah, I've been having ones like lasting two months. Yeah. So yours are not really like a hangover. It's like a it's like no you should be like a a sober hangover where it's like you're not ever like you know I got like <laughs> you're not ever like normally you're, like you're, you're more vul- you're more having a vulnerability hangover like most of the time so technically it's the opposite view it's like you live in vulnerability hangover and when you're sober with True. no vulnerability that's like oh my gosh what's going on I know I'm just hoping for spring I think I think I was reading in my journal and you guys know that I don't really like to video journal. So I don't do that very often, mm. but I do journal a lot. And I was reading my journal last year at this time. And um, it was helping me to notice that maybe I have a little bit of um, seasonal depression, just a little bit of, I think when it gets to be this time of the year, I think, so I, I upped the, the vitamin D this week. I'm hoping maybe, that, maybe it's as simple as that, but I think that, um, I mean, we all do so much, but I think I do so much better in the summer. Um, I like to be outside. I like having the sun up longer. I like feeling like I've got more day to get stuff done, I think. Um, and so I just, I need to move to Hawaii, I think. No, I'm, I'm all with you. Cause if, um, if that, if, being diagnosed with seasonal depression um, can get me to Hawaii. Well, then I will <laughs> diagnose myself. In fact, I just diagnosed you. Just kidding. This is not therapy because I'll listen to disclaimer. That was a joke. But yeah, sign, sign me up. But hey, you know, it can make you feel better. It made me feel better last week. Sancho's Tacos, our unofficial sponsor of the podcast. Ate there I'm a couple so times. It was not horrible. Didn't suck. It was the opposite of that. It was amazing. Uh, but you know, it bummed me out. They didn't have bottles of chubby sauce all sold out. Hmm. So anyways, for our listeners that know about it, they're tired of hearing about it. If people don't know about it. Just when you're in Southern California, look it up. Sancho's tacos. <laughs> let's get back to the normal scheduled broadcast. Maybe we should talk about our actual sponsor real quick. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was going to say thanks. 1-800 contacts for their continued support. And also thank you to, <clears throat> Oh man, I need to drink water. To Lingo Eyewear, 
www.liingoiwear.com backslash light the fight. If you need glasses, and let's say you just happen to want to look good in the glasses, and let's say you're not sure which glasses, <laughs> go to lingoeyewear.com backslash light the fight. Not only will they get you your own custom uh, pair, they'll help you figure out how to fit it to your own face, as Heidi and I both have done. And it's so personal. And if you don't like the ones you get, you send them back. They'll try it again, you know, until they get it right. But uh, for me, fortunately, it worked perfectly the first time. So go to lingoeyewear.com backslash light the fight. Use our code word light the fight, the full word, I mean the full phrase, and you'll get $30 off your first purchase. They're awesome. Heidi and I both use them. So if you need glasses, don't think about it. Just go do it. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's Watch right. Watched a couple mafiosi frankly, movies lately. So <laughs> I've moved into a having to wear glasses all the time position. So I'm thankful. Yeah. So am I, because my my vision is uh, no bueno. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to get older, so, guys. Yeah. So <laughs> let's just jump right into it, um, Heidi. So okay. tell me, you had a couple conversations, a couple different people were talking for the podcast the past couple weeks. Had some conversations. You've been waiting for this podcast to tell everybody what their names are, where their addresses, where they live, <laughs> all their personal information, just so they know, just so that everybody's familiar with who these people are. Of course, you're not going to do that. So <laughs> without using real names and real information, why don't you give us the two kind of like what the whole like thing about these stories, what do they have in common? You know, a little brief information about both of them so we get a good uh, idea what about David's that. What telling then, you is that I've been... I've been texting him over the last little bit, telling him what we need to talk about, because mm. it just feels like, and you guys know this, I've shared this before, that sometimes they're just kind of is these waves of concerns that come through. And, and so it will hit me in, in various places. And um, just for reference, we're recording um, end of February. And a couple of weeks ago, there was a a pretty high profile um, situation where a, a young boy, um, 11 years old, took his own life um, as a result of, of being bullied. And um, his parents were very vulnerable, the family very vulnerable, openly sharing on social media and um, obviously very distraught. Um, I mean, it's it's an awful experience at any time, but, you know, I think a lot of us can just, would just be like an 11 year old, um, just really hard. And I think that this conversation, um, it, it really got a lot of people talking and, um, I was in a lot of discussions. There's a lot of people that pinged me, um, wanting to me to kind of weigh in and talk about it. And, um, just got me thinking. And then, you know, in these conversations, there ends up being people relating to this in, in different ways. Right. And, um, we get talking about bullying specifically and what, what can we do about bullying and how can we shut it down? And, you know, I think that in schools, you see this, no, no bullying, posters up you see this zero tolerance information like i i do think that schools try to do what they can at a high level to 
to say no, no bullying, but the reality is that I think obviously what happened with this young man who, who took his life, his name was Drake. And so some of you may know what, um, what I'm talking about. Um, that that's a very serious, severe end of the spectrum. And I think that kids, chances are kids are being bullied. Chances are kids are going to be bullied um, on lots of different levels. It could be happening in their home, maybe with siblings or even family with with cousins or even with their own parents, right? Um, They could be bullying, being bullied by their own friends. They could be bullied in, in a workplace. You can have girls who are being treated poorly by guys that they're dating or vice versa. Um, I think that two specific situations have cropped up in, in really just very like normal mainstream situation, high school aged kids that high school aged kids that can, can have a conversation with a parent that can have a conversation with administration that, um, that maybe still don't really know how to handle a situation where they're, they're being quote unquote air quotes bullied. And I don't know, David, if, if there's an exact definition of the word bullies, where that starts and ends. But one situation we're talking about is a friend of mine um, that I ran into recently and brought up the fact that she's got a child who's in a close knit friend group, but you know, you parents know what I'm talking about. When our kids are on Snapchat, they can see all, all of each other's locations, right? They have each other's locations. And um, so this particular friend of mine is like, her child can see that her friends are all together in a certain place and they haven't invited her. And, and she's feeling hurt, left out. And maybe they're being, she's being lied to probably maybe the friends trying to protect him, not wanting to say, well, we didn't invite you because we actually don't like you or, you know, I don't know what, but, but in any event, as things splinter off and, and throughout a weekend or a long holiday or something like that, kids are getting together and um, maybe a member of the friend group gets left out and is immediately taking it super personally, feeling like no one likes them, feeling like they don't matter, feeling like they don't belong, that they don't have anybody. And, and just really having that expect affect them very personally. Um, another situation with another close friend that I have um, telling me about um, her daughter. Again, it's a, a high school student that is really um, ha- had, a, had a boyfriend and in the process of trying to break up and not breaking up and kind of that limbo situation, um, this boy got very, has continued to be very manipulative and um, harassing via text and just constantly watching where her location is and, and commenting on it and saying 
mean, naughty, disrespectful things. And, um, and what I thought was interesting is these high school girls and probably the boys would be the same. They don't want to tell anybody. They don't want to, they don't want to call their friends out. They don't want anyone to get in trouble. They don't want anyone to know that they're hurt or hurting. Um, and it, it's just, it's been on my mind a lot, David, because I, I think it's really a normal, normal things happen. Groups of people get together and leave somebody out and it, and it isn't called the definition of bullying, right? But when you're on social media or people can see your location or you know someone's together and you're being purposely excluded or, you know, maybe somebody else knows where you're at. And so they're targeting you and they're harassing you and whatever. Like these are dangerous, difficult situations. And my question for you, David, when, as I've been thinking about this, um, and you brought it up that, that there's this spectrum of bullying, you can't always control the bully, especially if not, if it's, maybe it's our kid who's, who's getting their feelings hurt or being put in these difficult situations. We can't control what, what's happening outside our home, but how do we reinforce and support and encourage and teach and help our own kids and maybe our own sat our own sanity, <laughs> you know, when things are going on that, yeah, we may not understand the dynamics. I mean, I think that that's something that a kid, a kid would say, mom, you just don't understand. I can't just tell the teacher. I can't just go tell my coach. I can't just go tell the administration. You don't understand. You don't know anything. That's not, it's not cool or, you know, whatever. Yeah. They're right. We don't know. We don't know the situation. All we know is what we're being told and we want to fix it. So I guess I just I want you to kind of talk a little bit about about bullying, maybe where it starts, where it ends, and how we can support somebody who's being treated poorly by by someone. Yeah, no. When when you brought up uh, those uh, couple stories and and then the uh, horrible tragedy about the the young boy who passed away, I I obviously heard about that suicide, and you know I I knew that the way I was going to answer it is going to surprise you, but not surprise you at the same time. Um, on our podcast, our listeners are parents. Right. And if there is one theme for everything that we've ever talked about, we always point in one direction, and that's modeling. So, everything we've ever talked about is giving suggestions and ideas based on Heidi's experience, my professional experience, just a whole mixed bag of all stuff we've been through together. And we always give suggestions to parents. And anyone listening, if you're not a parent, maybe you're listening for a friend or, you know, or your teacher, or your coach or something like that. Um, we always give suggestions based upon what can you do to model. Now, modeling isn't questioning, telling them what to do. Modeling is always, first and foremost, you doing it yourself. I remember um, the first time. When I was younger, 
I had heard someone say, I hate bullies. Remember, I was, I was probably like sixth grade, something like that, fifth, sixth grade. And to be honest with you, I, I think when I heard that, I was like, bullies. Like, I knew, I kind of knew what the concept was, like to bully someone, to be bullied. But I mean, now they talk about a much younger age, right? But I think what, what you're talking about is like, okay, I got my lunch money taken away every day. Or somebody waiting out in the alley behind the house going to beat you up. Right. I mean, that's like what comes to my mind when I think of like the. Well, growing up, growing up, when I, when I thought of bullies, I thought of the Christmas story. Yeah. Those two boys, that's what you thought of as bullies, right? They're just going around like, and they're doing it to everybody. Right. But I remember when the first time I heard this uh, older kid, a couple years older than me, he was in like middle school, sixth grade. I heard him say, I hate bullies. But do you want to know when I heard him say that? It was at the mall. I was with a couple of my friends. I wasn't with this kid. But as we're walking up, we'd saw this kid just get into a fight. A fist fight. Like a real fight. All we saw coming up the escalator, we saw some like commotion happening. And we were coming up the escalator. What's going on? We turned around the corner. Look around. I remember exactly what part of the Carlsbad Mall it was at. Turn my head and turn around the corner. And this kid was wailing on this kid. And then when that kid dropped down, another one of the kids started running away. He ran and grabbed this kid through that kid. I kid you not, maybe my memory, because I'm old and stuff like that, it felt like he beat up three kids single-handedly. And the way he aggressively attacked these three kids. It was if they just hit his, his, hit his sister. It was a very personal attack. And then they took off running and he was yelling at them, blah, 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 yelling at them, yelling, yelling at them, right? Well, apparently what happened in the story was there was a kid that this kid didn't even know that was walking by and these other kids were making fun of him. And the kid goes, shut up. Like, you know, those like little dorky, nerdy kids. And I'm not saying this in a mean way. I'm just saying like, you picture as a little kid. He's like really quiet himself. And then someone pushes him too far. He doesn't want to fight these kids. He goes, shut up. Leave me alone. And they go, what? You told us to shut up. And now that was their excuse to fight him and beat him up. And so they just went up to him, pushed him. And he just stood there like this, like didn't know what to do. Didn't know how to fight. And they pushed him, pushed him. And then finally, He like swung at one of them and then they just start wailing on. Well, this kid didn't know this other kid. He comes running in the picture and just starts beating the living tar to these three kids. These three kids didn't even know what hit him, right? They took off running. Well, we come up the escalator, we turn the corner and I knew this kid. I said his name. He looked at me and he looked at me with this face, like this look at his face. He goes, I hate bullies. And man, he was not playing. Later on in my high school years, I was probably like a senior in high school. I was hanging out at like some gathering in town and I ran to this kid. I said, do you remember that happening? He goes, oh yeah, I remember that happening. I didn't know what took place. He told me at that specific time, he saw this kid getting picked on and he was like, oh, heck no. And he told me what happened. And I said, man, I'd never seen anyone so angry like that before in my whole entire life. And he just said, he goes, I, I hate bullies. I go, no. I go, but why did you get so mad? Why did you hit him that bad that you beat up these kids you didn't even know? These are three kids that were all his size. 
He said, I've been bullying my whole entire life. And what I found out was that I never said anything. I never fought back. I just kept it myself, kept it myself. And one day I just said, I can't take this anymore. And so I went up to the kids that are bullying him. And he goes, I just not, I just politely asked him, Hey, listen, man, we guys, please quit messing with me. You guys make fun of me. It kind of was, Hey, come on, like quit messing with me or whatever. And the one kid said, no, I'll mess with you whenever I feel like it. He said, okay, put his head down. And he goes, I just pictured all the bullying my whole entire life. He goes, and I just went dark, just saw red. And I just attacked this kid. He goes, I saw this kid crying five minutes later, telling the teachers that I beat him up for no reason. He goes, I saw at that first time in my life that the bully wasn't real. They were real in what they did to me, but they weren't real in their intent. Like it was this show. It was this thing. It was like this bravado. He goes, once I saw that this kid was scared and he was, he goes, I realized I don't want to become the bully. But after that, I realized bullies are, they're not what we think they are. He goes, now he didn't suggest like go fight every bully. He wasn't like saying, so now I fight all the time. It wasn't like this kid was fighting everybody, but I'm, I'll never forget that. And as I've worked with teens throughout the years, I've always tried to look for ways. How can I show them and expose to them? What the bully really is. It's someone who's hurt. It's someone who's maybe, you know, just disturbed in certain ways. So like bullies are created, they're not born. And so the reason why I brought up that story, the reason why I share this with you guys, because you, the listeners, have a lot of power to model for other kids that are acting like bullies. Now, I'm going to give you a spectrum of bullying. The spectrum is going to be different depending upon who it's happening to. The person that feels like they're getting bullied, they're obviously going to see it you know, differently than the person who's being accused of it. So in the spectrum, let's say mild bullying. That's mistreatment, mocking, making fun of, poking fun of, in a friend group, leaving them out talking behind their back. And then that talking behind their back turns to inside jokes at the kid's expense in the friend group, right? So that that's more the mild version of bullying. The more medium version is occasional intimidation. Again, mocking, making fun of, taking property, you know, just walking by, bumping into them, laughing, that type of stuff, right? Just not actually picking a fight, not, but just making their life like problematic and making them intimidated and, and scared. The more extreme, you know, if we want to get all the way to the full spectrum, extreme would be something like happened to this young man here recently. I've counseled a number of families that lost their kids to suicide because of bullying. And there was always that common factor that a child didn't want to say much. And when they did, they're scared, they're nervous of what would happen, the repercussions of them saying it. Some cases, they were trying really hard to befriend the bully. Because, you know, when, when you're in situations and you have a potential, you know, um, villain in your life, 
there's a couple different ways to handle them. Try to avoid them. That doesn't work. Try to bargain with them, plead with them. If that doesn't work, try to befriend them. Now, I remember in psychology, they taught us about a lot of, um, a lot of abuse that happens in, uh, in spousal relationship, dating relationships. Um, the, the person being abused tries to befriend the abuser. And it's out of survival, right? So I want our listeners to realize that there's two ways that you can help the kids in your life. A, you can model not being a bully in your own home. And that means even on the mild spectrum. We've talked about this so many times and it bears repeating. Too much sarcasm at home mocking, picking on, making fun of your kids. All you're doing is teaching them how to do that outside the home. All you're teaching them is that that's okay. So either they get too used to taking it themselves and they'll take it from other kids or they'll start doing it to other kids. Those are usually the two most common outcomes of that. Too many parents were mocked and made fun of growing up and they feel that the only way for them to get even with their kids or to share um, you know, their frustrations with their kids because they can't beat their kids, they can't treat their kids the horrible ways that maybe they felt their parents treated them, it comes across very passive aggressive. And that's when that mild level of bullying happens. Bullying is a, power, is a more powerful person trying to control, demean someone who they view as someone that they can do that to. Now, that's not the official definition. There's a lot more to that, but I'm just trying to be basic and general for a moment. Now, as adults, we need to put other young people in a position where they can hear us talking about their own actions because mild bullying happens amongst friends and teens and kids all the time. Unfortunately, too many adults keep it to themselves and they don't speak up and say anything to kids. Or when they do speak up and say something, it sounds very shameful the way they're approaching it. So let's say you as a parent listening to this, you, uh, let's say you're a high school teacher, you're a coach, or you know, you're doing something where you're working around kids. Or maybe there's kids coming into uh, your retail store and you see them there all the time. You have a relationship with them. Everyone listening to this, any kid or teenager that you have a relationship with, if and whenever you see them, even mildly, be kind of just like, you know, you know, dismissive of their friends, mocking, joking, you know, the, the type of mocking, joking that you could tell the other kids not liking it. You could tell it's not, it's they're pushing the boundaries. That's where I suggest each and every one of you listen to this, you step in and you say something. Because kids don't know to stand up unless they see other people standing up for them. We have to model this. So when you go up to a kid, I've done this so many times. I do it with kids in public situations that I don't know, teenagers. But I, I'm probably the exception to the rule because I feel really comfortable with teenagers because I'm with them all the time. I've seen this happen so many times. Kids at a you know, movie theater, something like that, they'll, they'll be kind of oh, goof around, like mocking kids walk by. I'll walk up to a group of teenagers. I'll joke with them, laughing. Hey, check you out. Bye. And I'll get them like, oh, okay, like this guy, he knows what's up. Okay, cool. I'm like, hey, you see that kid that just walked by? Yeah. I said, I know you think it's funny joking around with them. Yeah. I go, I go, no, you think it's funny. I'm like, but what you don't know is last month, 
Her dad died in a car accident. And they give me the shock look like, what? I'm like, yeah, so you think that's funny? Mess around with that kid? You have no idea what that kid's been through. And I tell you what, I know you're not a bad kid. I know you're not trying to ruin that kid's day. You would never do that. And if you knew that that kid's dad had died of a car accident, you wouldn't have messed with them like that. I go, yeah, we wouldn't. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. I'm lying. I don't even freaking know that kid. But what I'm doing is I'm making a point. Simply making them a point. A couple of times I've joked around and they said, do you know them? I say, no, I'm actually, I'm actually just joking. I don't know if they could die. I'm like, but you notice how you reacted? They go, well, you're just joking. No, that's messed up. I go, yeah, but it's also messed up that you're messing with that kid. I'm making a point. Sometimes I don't tell them I'm lying. You know, sometimes I just, it depends on how easy going they are, right? If they, if they feel really remorseful and bad, but if they're really punks and horrible, then I just let them sit there with them. I can make them feel bad. My point is I have to do that all the time, but I have to get the relationship with them first. So if you're an adult that has a relationship with groups of kids and you see your daughter, your son, or your daughter's son's friend, or any of those kids around popping off, joking off, oh, what's up? Hey, you guys doing? Hey, you want something to drink? You want some cookies, whatever? Hey, you know, that's, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Man, so good to see you guys hanging out, having a good time. Yeah, yeah. hey, hey, Steve, you want to come over here and help me with something real quick? I'm in the kitchen. I need your help. Well, yeah, sure. Why? Hey, come here. Hey, listen, I know you didn't mean anything about it when you're you know, talking about, you know, about Stacy and, you know, and, and Anna over there, but I was watching, paying attention. I could tell it hurt their feelings. I know you didn't mean to. Think about what you said. If someone said it to you, it may actually hurt your feelings too. But I know you never do that on purpose. So I'm sure when you go back in there, you'll tell them, you know, you didn't mean it like that. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I've had so many people do this throughout the years, myself do it throughout the years. How are these kids going to learn or unlearn the bad examples that they've had placed for them in their life already if other people aren't modeling it for them? Especially people they respect. We forget how much we want older adults to like us when we're kids. We want to impress them. So if we come at kids and say, that's bullying, you're being a bully. Now you're attacking them. Now you're accusing them of something in their mind. Like, no, I wasn't. Now they're going to get defensive. Instead, you joke around with them. You, you give them a compliment. And then you say, hey, come here. Just why don't you know, you might want to take it easy on what you're saying. Because like, ah. oh, we're just messing around. Yeah, but you know how it is when sometimes people mess around with you. Sometimes you think it's funny. Other times you're not in the mood for it. Don't think your friends are in the mood for it. I'm just telling you, you might want to just chill out on that because you wouldn't want to be seen as a bully now, would you? Especially with the negative stigmas around bullying now. Let me tell you the problem when schools, um, well, not the school's problem, but this is the problem that happens in schools. You can't really quantify. You can't judge. You can't measure, not effectively. What is bullying? It's a very, very difficult thing. It's a very difficult One person sees as being bullied or bullying. Another person just doesn't. And based upon their life experiences, like for me, I had to learn really, I was hanging out with two of my best friends I grew up with this past weekend. And we we had a funny story in in Little League football. They call it Pop Warner football there. Um. I, we were joking around that they were making fun of me how aggressive I was when I was really younger. And then I, I mellowed out a little bit Shock. and, and, and I, my one friend, he was like our star basketball player, right. Our team, we grew up together. I, I go, remember that one time where I picked you up and I body slammed you on the ground. Cause I, I was mad at him. I picked him up, body slammed him on the ground and I was about to punch him, but I felt so bad. Cause he was like one of my best friends. I just started 
body shot, punch him in the body. Right. He was laughing because he had pads on for football pads. And I go, I go after that day, you looked at me and you said, you're like, dude, why do you have to get so mad and want to beat me up every time I like make fun of you or joke around? Cause in my household, it, like if someone said anything to you that you didn't like, you attacked them. So little did I know my friends were telling me this week and they're like, yeah, when you were, when you were young, you were kind of a bully. And they're like, well, you were a bully. And I was like, I was, <laughs> but I figured out something that time when I body saw my friend on the ground by his reaction, the whole team looked at me and nobody talked to me for like two days. They all stayed away from me. I did not like that. So I had to learn at that moment. And I remember my dad was a coach and that coach came up to me and they're like, you got to go run. You're in trouble. But they said, Hey, listen, man, you can't keep on hitting everyone or tackling people every time they say something you don't like. And I realized I'm not going to have friends if I keep on acting like that. A lot of these kids that are bullying, they don't realize that they, okay, the kids I've worked with that were, they admitted that to me that they're bullies. They knew that they're bullies. They were so used to the only way they're going to get people to like them was to respect them. And the only way to get respect that they had modeled for them in their life was they were going to have to let people know that they're the alpha, they're the tough ones. And people had to submit to them. And I would tell these kids, or you could just be freaking cool. That's an option too. <laughs> people like cool people. Last time I checked. You could just be a good friend. You could like give someone like a dollar so that they could have lunch instead of trying to take their lunch money. I'll tell you what, my Polynesian cousins mastered this. And I and funny we brought this up because in the beginning of this quarter, I have a I have a lot of Polynesian kids in in the high school that I'm talking that I'm teaching at. I went up to them, I said, listen, can I be real with you guys? Like, yeah. I said, I'm having a class right now that's trying to teach kids how to have better relationships so they don't feel you know, intimidated, bullied, picked on. And also so they can just have better experience here in high school. I said, you guys are the two biggest kids in the class. Everybody knows that if they could, they would rather be friends with you because that feels safer because no one wants to not be friends with the big Polynesian kids. And they both bust up, start laughing. I go, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. They know that's their whole entire life that they can be joking around and making fun of kids in classrooms, but the kids will take it because the kids just want to be their friend. Yeah. So they could pick on it. I go, I go, but I know the two of you are going to be the anti-bullies. You're going to be the opposite of bullies. So I said, after this first day of class, I taught them something. Like, I want you to walk around and I just want you to be cool with everybody and just treat everybody with respect. They did one better. They walked around and introduced themselves to everybody in the class, asked them something about themselves. What I'd said connected with them so much. I go, were you ever bullied growing up? They're like, yeah. I go, do you want to be that guy? They go, no. I go, then go around and just talk to people, be chill. So instead, they introduced themselves to every single kid in the class, and it changed the whole entire class because the two kids that could have been the bullies in the class chose to be the nice, cool kids in the class and make friends with everybody and said, the class went from uncomfortable to very relaxed instantly. I mean, everybody was laughing in the class. It was like they're best friends in 15 minutes because these two kids chose not to be a bully. What bullies don't realize is there's options. You don't have to be that way. So to unlearn the behavior, because bullying is learned, I want all of our listeners to think of all the kids. Look for these opportunities every chance you get. If you yell at the kids that you see that are acting like bullies, whether it's mild, medium, or hot, don't yell at them because if you yell at them, it only reconfirms it. Now you're another adult trying to control them. But if you take the opposite approach, give them a compliment. Hey, what's up? Bob? Hey, by the way, 
man, you, you know what happened over here? Like, like you're better than that. Like, you're not a bully, right? See, look at you. You're good looking. Look, no bully wears fancy $200 shoes. You're, if you're a bully, you're a, you're a horrible bully. Because most bullies are, you know, grimy and this and that. But look at you. Like, you're smart. You're intelligent. You're good looking. Hype them up, hype them up. And then pull them aside and give them some uncle and auntie knowledge. So in Polynesian communities, if any of you are uh, friends with any Polynesians, know any Polynesians, and I definitely know you're going to get this if you are Polynesian. Polynesians have a very strict auntie and uncle policy. If you are related to someone and they're older than you, then you shut the hell up and you listen to what they have to say and you give them the utmost respect. And also it gets better. If this is an older person, that someone in your family calls uncle and auntie. This person could be the whitest person on the planet. But if your <laughs> mom or dad like them and they call them Auntie Steve, Auntie Joanne, you know, Auntie Heidi, then guess what? That person now has an auntie and uncle status where they can pull those kids aside and say, hey, come here, let me talk to you about something. Every single one of these kids in today's world, they're lacking something. They're lacking a lot of things, but they're lacking one thing that a lot of us grew up with, uncles and aunts. Adults that weren't our parents, they didn't ground us, they didn't get mad at us. My whole entire counseling approach is the uncle approach. The uncle that you know you could tell anything to, he's not going to tell your mom and your dad, he's going to give you straight advice, he's going to talk to you like an adult, but he's going to make you laugh, he lived a a colorful life, tells funny jokes, and just always there, but you can trust that he's going to give you straight talk or she, your aunt, whatever. This is the uncle and auntie mentality. And if you take that uncle and auntie mentality, if you just say, next time any of you guys go to talk to a teenager, I want you to say this in your mind, and I guarantee you what your message that comes out of your mouth is going to be 10 times better. Tell yourself, pretend that you're this kid's actual uncle or aunt. How would you talk to them if you're their uncle or aunt? You wouldn't threaten them because you wouldn't be the cool aunt or the cool uncle. Because that's what you know bullies do, right? So you don't want to model the bully to tell them not to be a bully. So instead, you approach them with an uncle, aunt, give them a hug, this, blah, 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 be polite, give them a compliment, and then tell them, hey, listen, youngster, let me school you on some things. Let me help you understand something that you're not going to be able to learn in school. The second one, after modeling for them, think about what you're modeling for your own kids and all the kids that are there listening. You're modeling to everyone that's paying attention and, oh, are they paying attention? You're modeling to them that not only bullying is not cool, now they know what bullying looks like because you validate it for them. We talked a long time ago on this podcast about the law of triangulation. Remember that, Heidi? Long time ago. You need three points to really confirm a location. Hence, in a court of law, they need two witnesses. Right? So you have the judge over here, you have this witness, you have that witness. And if they're all here in the same, like they bounce off the judge, the judge gets from someone else, that validates. It's a whole lot more powerful in case if there's two witnesses than one, right? So in the same, in the same approach, if all these kids are listening to you say, listen, I know you're not a bully and what you're doing is the same stuff a bully would do. So if you stop doing that, you're not going to come across as a bully. But if you keep doing that, you're hurting people's feelings and you're just saying, well, I didn't mean to. Well, 
You think a drunk driver means to kill someone? Dude, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get drunk tonight to get my car so I can kill someone. No, it's what happens. That's a great way to model for everybody around you. My kids know how to respond and how to react to bullying because they've watched me do it. My daughter, we went through this a long time ago. You remember on the podcast, she went through bullying in her school. She watched me how I handled it. She saw me stand there at her lunch, talk to this kid face to face and tell him and say, hey, is that girl right there? Is she your friend? She goes, yeah. I was being like, oh, I go, cool. I'm like, yeah, well, I go, can you do me a favor? He's like, well, yeah. I go, if anyone ever messes with her or anyone ever bullies her, will you go tell a teacher or stand up for her? Because I'm sure you know bullying's not good, right? He's like, yeah, bullying's not good. Bullying's not good. Yeah, yeah. And then I simply said, oh, by the way, I'm her dad. And he went, oh. we're like this. A teacher from the side came over. You know, we're a little bit worried when you came in there because they knew what was going on. But the teacher was like, that was so well said, how you handled that kid. I just basically told him, I said, listen, I know why you're doing this. You you get jealous because she wants to go hang out with other kids and she doesn't want to hang out with you because he had a crush on her. So I just had to let him know that's not how you handle it. So we can model this for all the kids around us. I'm sure every parent out there listening to this can imagine themselves doing it. You've probably done it before with your nieces, your nephews. You do it with people like that. We'll do it with kids as well. Now, the last one with your own children, it's just the same thing. You're modeling for them how to respond, how to behave about this. In that situation with the girl, with the boyfriend, I, I've seen lots of times where kids don't want the, their bully, their boyfriend, their whatever. They don't want them to get mad or get in trouble. So when I'm saying modeling, when you're talking to your kids, if you suspect, or even if you don't suspect, let's just say you just want to prepare them for this. Let's say they're in elementary school, first day of school, something like that. You tell them, say, listen, I just want you to know that there are certain ways to handle bullying. But it's hard to know if you're being bullied or not. The only way to know if you're being bullied or not is to talk about it. And then after we talk about it, then we could figure out if you're being bullied, if you got your feelings hurt, like kind of help you figure out what it is. Then you tell them, but if you are being bullied, I know exactly how to handle it. I know exactly what to do. You don't tell them what you're going to do. You don't tell them all the details. Of it. So I know exactly what to do. I know exactly how to handle it. What you're doing is you're saying, if this ever maybe might happen to you, I'm the person you should come to. So that's already given them the invitation. Because of all these cases of bullying they've ever had that led to serious suicide attempts or even successful suicide attempts, there was a concealing thing that was going on. They were right. embarrassed and ashamed. This always is constant with this type of situation. And so after you tell them, it's like, I know how to handle this. You can just give a little bit of information depending on their age, whatever, you, you can say something like this, say, I know how to handle this. And if someone is bullying someone that I'm friends with, my own child, my friend, like my friend, child, anyone, I take this situation and I talk to someone else about it and we figure out how to handle it. Sometimes we need to report this person. Sometimes we just need to go tell the person, hey, listen, I don't like how that makes me feel. Sometimes you know, you, you need to stand up for yourself and tell a person, no, I'm not going to give you my lunch money. I'm not going to do that. Right. And I mean, depending on the situation, right. Point is when you're trying to help your kids prepare to deal with difficult things in life, they got to know how to observe what it is, what it looks like. And if you start talking to them about, Hey, there's mild, there's medium, 
There's extreme types of bullying. They can all be bullying. But if we just say, this kid's bullying me, we don't even, no one knows what that even means. Like there's not enough detail to it. And for parents and for adults say, that's not bullying. What I went through bullying was way worse. Okay. You're both right. Right. And I think and I, that's what happens with a lot of the older school generations. They tend to minimize, not when I say vague, that's a broad statement for all people our age. But point is, I think from older generations, it's easier to be like, that's because mine was worse. Yours isn't real. Right. And I, and I like that you, that you said that. In fact, even when you just, when you said earlier, bully is a spectrum. I don't think that I came into this conversation, even with that mentality that bullying is a spectrum. It's like, it's either bullying and that person needs to be shut down <laughs> or it's a friend. Right. And, and, um, and so I like that you're saying, you know what, let's open this up. Let's talk about what bullying is. What is bullying to you? Have you ever seen it? Have you ever experienced it? Have you ever watched it? Having conversations about it and then letting them know. I really like what you said that, you know, I know what to do and, um, and we'll, you know, we'll need to take care of it. Um, yeah, you know, can I bring up one, one little example, uh, I shared in my class, um, last quarter, uh, this one girl was wondering how to, how to deal with bullying texting from an ex, just almost a very similar situation. And so the whole entire class, like, yeah, yeah we want to know about it. We want to know about it. Okay. I got something for you. Cause they're, I was giving them tools. So like, what else you got back there? Right. <laughs> All the other ones were like, that actually worked, Mr. Cause. So I go, okay, I got one for you. So, so this girl, um, she gets some bullying texts from her ex-boyfriend. And I said, well, how do you plan on handling this? All of her friends in the class were like, we just told her block him. We, and she was, well, you know, I don't want to block him because like, how am I going to know? Like he's texting me and this and that. Like, you just need to block him. Blah. And it, the, the consensus was, block block just block and block them and the things he was saying was definitely bad enough to warrant that and she goes mr cause what do you think i should do i said well i think if what i'm about to tell you to do doesn't work then you should block him she's like what do you mean i go bullying comes in all different ways shapes or form and whenever someone does a posture says something or does something that, you know, fits under that bullying, you know, in that bullying spectrum, they're trying to get a reaction out of you. And based upon your reaction, they, they're filled with disinterest in you in the situation, like whatever. And they walk away. They're filled with, Ooh, I got under their skin. Or they're filled with empowerment because now they're scared. So those are some common feelings that bullies that I've counseled have told me what it's like for them when they're bullying someone. This is why I'm thankful that I worked in some pretty crazy messed up places because I got to counsel a lot of kids that were actual real bullies, like bad bullies. And those kids' confessions is what helped me understand this. Because like, that's why I said when you ask the question, like, how do we teach our kids how to do this? That question is the question that is most commonly asked for good reason. But as I've worked with bullies, and help them not be bullies anymore. It's kind of like when you when they interview those guys that were in prison. I don't know if you've seen this, but they're interviewing these people in prison for mugging people. And then they're get, doing YouTube videos about how to not get mugged. 
They're like, this is what they're looking for. Boom, boom. It was, per- I watched those videos. It reminded me of like how it counseled these bullies. And they'd be like, okay, you tell kids if a bully does this and they got to respond this way because they're just looking for this reaction, right? And so when, when you have a situation where a bully has one of those feelings, right? Like power or like, ha All those situations give some sort of reaction, except the one where you react to them with a response, something that you were already comfortable and planned out and thought out. Then they become less interested and the bully is like, forget you, you're not worth my time. What they're really saying is what I was planning was going to happen didn't end up happening. Now, I don't know. I've never got past step one or two. Some bullies will like, give me your lunch money. Kids always give. The one kid's like, no. He's like, forget you and walks away, right? Like the other kids didn't know that they wouldn't get beat up or not. Like, cause you never know. Some bullies will beat you up, right? And so the reaction or the response that the kids have given that the bully's not ready for, doesn't know how to handle, those are the ones that usually bullies become less interested in and don't want to mess with. So that's why when you're talking to kids and you're telling them, hey, I know how to handle this. If you ever get in this situation, you know, this is, you know, just come to me and talk to me about it. And then we can figure out if it's bullying. Now, if someone does like comes up to you and says, give me your lunch money, give you this and that. Then at that particular time, then you can help them like tell them no. Now, if they have a weapon, if you're all alone, if you're a dark alley or something like that, that's not bullying. That's being mugged. That's different. Okay. Now, hopefully no one's mugging a kid for their peanut butter jelly sandwich. And what's your kid doing in a dark alley in the first place? Point is, with bullying, you can say no. Now, I don't know about you, and I'm going to be really extreme right now for a second. And I had this conversation with a friend of mine who, he's, he's, he's lived a pretty, pretty tough life. Tough in the sense like, scrappy fighting, like always in trouble for this fight type of a life. He was a bully. And I remember, I forget how the conversation came about, but he said, he goes, you know what? There's this one time I told this kid to give me something. And he looked at me and he said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And he's like, I looked at this kid and I was like, yeah, you can. You just give it to me. He's like, I, I can't do it. It, it. It's it's a personal thing. It really means a lot to me. Kid didn't put up his hands to fight, didn't put his hands down and back down and cower, looked him right in the eye and said that. And he goes, I remember just going like, whatever. He <laughs> just walked away. Now, at that particular time, it made a lot of sense to me. That was not something he was expecting. That was not something what most kids did. That was something that caught him off guard. He didn't know how to handle it. And he got out of that situation. So when we're telling our kids, hey, listen, we know how to handle these situations. Even though we don't give them all the details, we can give them the self-confidence that lets them know that bullies, even though they're real in intense emotions and fear, they're not real in reality. Because as that example from my, my friend talked about, he goes, this kid was actually smart because the worst thing that was going to happen to me to him is I was going to push him down and take his thing. Or not the I mean, physically the worst thing that was going to happen though. Like he's like, I'm not going to kill this kid. He goes, 
But if he didn't say that to me, he wouldn't have been able to sleep at night. He he's like, cause he said, I, I've backed down from fights before and I can't sleep for months thinking they think I'm a coward. He goes, so the best thing that kid ever did was do that to me. So I'm not telling parents out there to go tell your kids to stand up and fight bullies. Cause that's not, especially if your kid's frail or doesn't know how to handle themselves. And I would never suggest that, but bully, being bully proof doesn't necessarily it's not 100 about your stature your ability to fight and if you can fight or not being bully proof is knowing how to respond to bully situations and if your parents feels confident and knows how to respond then you may ask better questions you may be curious that's why i say you don't have to give a lot of details in these situations because kids will say like oh really well what if this happens? Well, guess what kids usually use in those situations as examples? Things that have happened to them. And if your kids get creative and ask you some things like, well, you know, what do I do in this situation? If you know how to handle it, how do I handle this? Then you sit there and you go, okay, well, tell me exactly the details of the situation. They give you the details of the situation. And then you think about everything that we just talked about in this podcast and any other good information you've ever learned about how to deal with bullying situations. They say, okay, well, this situation, you have a couple different options. You could handle it this way, this way, or this way. I don't know which one sounds best to you. That way they get to be a part of the situation in learning how to handle confrontation. Because bullying creates combative energy. Combative energy is a very real thing. If you've ever been cut off by someone, someone steals your parking spot, you're 10, 15 away, feet away from a person that you want to physically harm or hurt <laughs> and they want to physically harm or hurt you, but you don't know like what's going to happen in that situation. That's called combative energy. A lot of young males specifically, they don't know how to handle combative energy and they get tense and they either cower or they get into an unnecessary fight or they start to bully and they start to realize that they can try to you know, push their power on people. So as our kids start to go through these situations, if they feel that you're comp like you're a competent uncle and auntie approach, remember, ask yourself or tell yourself, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to act like I'm their uncle right now. It will change your approach so much. Your language will change. You'll be more loose with it. You just, you got to approach it like an uncle and or, or an auntie. And that goes for you parents when it's even your own kids. Because when you approach your kids with a, a mama bear in that situation or a dad who's like, what? Let's go kick their butt. You're not teaching them how to handle confrontation. You're teaching them pick left or right. That's it. That's not a choice. That's not a thought out. Hmm, what's best for me in this situation? You want them to be involved in the conversation. You want them to think that you have enough knowledge and information that they can have a conversation that's going to help them figure out what to do. Because no kid wants to feel like they're getting punked. That's what happens when you get bullied. You feel like you're a punk and not a punk like punk rocker but for some of our other listeners to this podcast, but like someone who's not taken seriously, right? You want to be taken seriously. And at the same hand, you know, when you start to get more comfortable with combative situations, then as a teenager, as a kid, you start to see people's intentions. I know in friend group bullying, so much of the friend group bullying is because this kid doesn't say, when I say this kid, the child who's complaining of friend group bullying is not telling people in the friend group how they really feel. And I don't just mean like, oh, you guys have hurt my feelings. Like, you know, I don't like it when you guys talk to me like that. I'm not saying that's the only way 
to express how you feel. Another way to express how you feel is right in the moment what's happening is to look at them and say, you know what? Kind of feels like you're trying to like talk down to me to make me feel like I'm not like wanted in this friend group. You wouldn't do that, would you? Or is that what you're trying to do right now? Because then they go and they start to backpedal almost every single time. Remember, bullies and people who are bullying, they're only used to one response. If you give them a different response than they're used to, they're not bullies anymore. They're confused. (laughs) Interesting. Now, also, too, the person that's being bullied has to be honest. If it's a friend group situation, if your kid's in a friend group where they're getting bullied and they're complaining, well, they're going to have to figure out a different way to be in a different friend group because it's too easy to submit and try to befriend your abuser or your bullier in this case. Because not all bullies abuse, but that's where the, that's where the terminology and the phrase comes from, yeah. you know? Well, I took like a whole page of notes. And uh, I know I went off on my typical David tangents, but was that a little bit, I was assuming that was probably a little bit of a different angle than, than you, because I didn't really didn't answer your question. No, I, I think, I think you did though. And I think you did come at a different angle. And I do think there is a big difference between a mama bear approach and maybe an, an aunt, auntie uncle approach. I can, I can definitely see that. And, um, <laughs> you know, the mama bear approach just doesn't usually go over well in any situation. <laughs> and as, and as a listener, not just a host on the show, you know, reaction is bad. Response right. is good. <laughs> and initiation like you starting it is better. But when you are a mom, when, when you're a parent and, and you, a child is, your child is telling you of somebody who is doing them wrong you do get defensive, you know? And so you just have to check that at the door. I like a lot of the things you said about, you know, letting them know, you know, staying calm and not acting like, Oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. I mean, I think that kids need some validation, like, okay, you shouldn't be treated like that, but probably not that like flying off the handle and, you know, so a lot of really good information there's one thing that you said in there, you said, um, to, to teach a kid to be bully proof. And, you know, I don't know if anybody is, is really bully proof. I think we're all very vulnerable and, and. Oh, you, know, you might want to retract that. What is a bulletproof vest? Do bullets bounce off of it? No, it still goes in, right? Does sometimes it even hit the person? Yeah, yeah. it could even hit the person, go through it. But what does it stop? What does it prevent? It's supposed to prevent death and serious harm. Bullyproof doesn't mean you can't get bullied. Bullyproof means that when you get bullied, you know how to respond and it doesn't become a detriment to your self, sense of self-worth. It's something happening. Remember, kids are anti-fragile. So if a kid, someone attempts to bully them, they know how to handle it and the bully walks away frustrated, that kid's sense of self just went up. 
Right. And, and so thank you. I'm, I'm glad you, you corrected that because that's, that's true. I wasn't actually correcting you. Cause I know what you were saying to get to something, but I use it as a way to jump in and teach like a little lesson. But off I'm, of what and I'm glad, but I think that bottom line with this all points to is that a conversation needs to be had in each one of our homes. Absolutely. Um, Multiple conversations. Yeah. Ongoing conversations. Yeah. And then ask your, oh, one thing I forgot to ask your kids, like, hey, do you see bullying at school? And what does it look like? Right. Do you see bullying at our home? And if they go, yeah, when they picked on me, oh, well, technically that's not bullying. You know, and then you kind of pull out the dictionary or pull out, you know, online, like read some bullying is this. Right. So that's more like they, they just did something you didn't like, you know, teaching them how to identify for themselves, because. If someone thinks, and that's the problem with the stigma of a word too, if someone thinks automatically they're bullying me, well, what is bully, what is bully the, the name that's associated the most with? Victim. So if someone thinks that someone being rude to them is they're being bullied, then they may mistake themselves as a victim to situations where an opportunity to make them more anti-fragile and, and to give them, you know, more self-worth and have to deal with some challenges and some stress and some struggle. That's why it worries me when the spectrum isn't clear enough for kids, because I think we all know that there are kids out there that take on this woe is me, like victim mentality when things just don't go their way. And they think people are bullies because they don't like the same ice cream as them, or they don't want to go to the same place or you know, the, they're being mean to they're being a bully. It's a fine line for kids who aren't really understanding of what combative energy is and what like someone being mad or upset with you is. And so if the, the understand of what bullying really is through conversation, because it's not just a clear definition and observation, right? You're saying, what do you think is bullying with your friends? They tell you, as you start to identify what bullying is in your household with your kids, then it's a lot easier for kids saying, no, they're actually just being rude. They're being a jerk. That wasn't a bully. Okay, well, someone's being rude. You're being a jerk. You can go like this. That's not a reflection on you being weak. That's them being an idiot. So that's another thing to to help your kids understand and to help. And you need like have a conversation because you will learn more as you conversate with them about what bullying is yourself. How do you think I learned about bullying in these situations? I had to help people who were bullied. And I help people with a bully. And as I started work with them, and I'm like, oh, okay, I see. I'm seeing both angles of it here. Yeah, that's it's super. That's super interesting and very helpful. I think um, you brought up a lot of points. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Well, I think on that last line, whatever I said at the very end, we could we could end on that one. What I say at the very end made you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 good. What I say, Brandon? Do you remember? No, I don't. It was one of my rhymey things that Heidi like busts up, start laughing. I mean, you have a lot of rhymey things. I mean, that narrows it down to like five thousand things instead of twelve. Yeah, especially if you want to Google search the cheesy rhymey things on like in our own podcast like we just took like that it would be a lot of things <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah all right well you've you've given um 
I think you've given us as listeners. I'm just going to put myself into the listener category at this point. <laughs> well, um, hey, you got some Costco. Uh, you got some Costco runs to make to meet your friends in the parking lot. Tell them, okay, here's the answers. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go around and let everyone know that it's not as cut and dry as you think. <laughs> and that as per usual, as parents, we have just an important responsibility to have the conversations, to do the modeling. Um, and to not freak out fundamentally <laughs> as you <laughs> right? Um, yep. so thank you, David. Thank you for your wisdom. I appreciate that. And, um, well, thank you for your me. reconnaissance. Thank you for your <laughs> reconnaissance going out there and finding the questions. Um, and to you listeners. And also to, for- can, can we be, give a big special double pound pound to uh, Drake's family? Uh, absolutely. Would you mind explain what the, what the pound pound means real quick? Um, you bet. So pound pound, you know, for those of you who are mine and David's age, you know, that the hashtag used to be a pound sign on a phone. Yeah. You would would push, you know, pound six, nine. Yeah. uh, That would tell you who just called or something like that. That was star 69 start, but close. (laughs) We get the point. Um, so David, when he was teaching kids to support each other online, he would tell them to put a pound pound. If you, if you didn't really know what to say, you just put a pound pound, which, which means, you know, I hear you, I'm with you. And, and in, in his real life group situations, if someone said something like in group, you would tap your heart twice. Um, and it, it meant one tap for you and one tap for them. Like you really felt them, you heard them, you could relate. And, um, so that's one thing that you listeners probably know about most of you. Um, and that we do often when someone says something that you can relate to, but you don't really know what to say, just tapping your heart twice lets them know that that you hear them. Um, And it's funny how it's a pretty universal thing because people that didn't even know the story behind it, when they'll see me do it, they just kind of like look like, like I've had so many people mirror it back to me. And uh, it it just shows kind of a universal thing. Like I feel for, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know how, how awful it feels um, and how awful it will continue to feel. And, and as the journey goes on, it morphs and it affects the way you see the world. And I think it's easy to sit back and compare and look at how somebody else is handling it or how this person's handling it or how should I be handling it or how should I feel? And um, there's I think it's hard as i I hear from people all the time, kids suffering, not knowing where to find help, parents too afraid to go to sleep. 
wishing that there's something that they could do to just get a lock on, put, put their kid in a, in bubble wrap, you know, protect him. And best possible thing we can do is listen and learn just like this podcast the the information in this particular episode is really valuable it's not information you're going to get anywhere else really probably and if if we as listeners onboard this information we can change we can flip the script for our own children for the children that we associate with in our in and out of our homes. And that's that's what we have. That's what we can do. And you know, I you know, I get I get all when when parents when parents are like I just want to get rid of Snapchat. I just hate it. I just want to take away their phone. I just want to, you know, yeah, just lock them up in their, in their room and don't let them do anything. And then they're, they're going to be great. We can't, we can't do that. We would love that. If there was a magic button, if there was a lock that was so great that we could just lock them away and, and make sure they never got hurt and never had to feel all these feelings and learn yeah, it'd be great, but we can't. And so we have to learn, we have to level up all the time, every, with every experience. And, and I'm, I'm going to admit it's, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting. Um, but this is what is called for right now. Parents who will stand up and who will do the work um, and not just want to put a lock on it. <laughs> you know, and, and I know we need to wrap up, but super quickly, you know, you guys have heard us talk about the puppies and, you know, we're on like week 12 with this puppy and um <laughs> we were doing so good for a while. And then we kind of reverted and started having some potty training problems. And so we had a few days that just really you stopped watching Caesar. We had some you dark have to watch days. It every day. We had some dark days and you know, the puppies growing and learning. And so you can't give up. You can't stop. Right. And so I wasn't getting the response that I thought I should be getting. And so I had to totally up my, my efforts, I had to change my efforts. I had to learn, I had to go watch more videos. I had to, and I had to do what I didn't want to do, which was put him in the crate while he cried, take him out every five minutes until he finally relented and went poop outside so that I could then reward him so that we could do it again. I've had a crying puppy in my house for the last two days, you know? <laughs> Nobody wants a crying puppy, but. But you couldn't skip that work. No, you, you cannot. And so, you know, so I'm saying it's, this is not easy. This is not easy what you're being asked to do. No. 
learn and listen. It's not easy, but it's worth it. And it's what you're being called to do right now and asked to do and required, particularly this topic. And I think you can safely guess that, Heidi, because why the heck would they be listening to this podcast if they weren't, right? (laughs) Right. Not for for entertainment value for crown. No. (laughs) <laughs> no, not for that. No, definitely not for that. <laughs> now, we all secretly just wish we could come to your class at Herman High, I think. I tell you what, I, I secretly wish I could have all you guys come to the class. It'd be you get fun. some pretty good reviews. It's pretty funny. <laughs> well, don't let other people in the state of Utah and the school district know that because, uh, yeah, if, if, if they knew that, then you'd think that they'd want to help me spread this program, but you know, we're, we're going to get up, up against some uh, bureaucracy and some, some and stuff, but as long as the teachers, the parents and the students love it, then that's all that matters. Yeah. It's baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> okay. All right, you guys, thank you for listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks for caring enough to do to do the hard work, to not just be told, ah, take away the phones. <laughs> um, because, because it's worth it. And um, thank you for being here and helping us to, to like the fight.